Lead and Be Legendary presents A Name Tag is Necessary. Thank y'all for tuning in to A Name Tag is Necessary. I'm your host, Name Tag Alexander. All episodes are available on your preferred podcast platform, including Anchor, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, make sure if you like the content that you're here to take a minute to leave a rating and a review about the show. There's going to be a link in the show's description for all Lead and Be Legendary merch, my own music, and for you to send a voice note where you can shout out the podcast or suggest a uh, music-related topic. But without further ado, let's get into this episode. My guest for this episode is a composer who is one of the most in-demand guitar players in the world of hip-hop and R&B. He's worked with the top names in the music industry, such as Kanye West, or we want to call him Ye, we'll call him Ye. His mama named Kanye, we're going to call him Kanye. Jay-Z, Beyonce, Solange, Raphael Sadiq, Whitney Houston, Stevie Wonder, and the list definitely goes on. That was just that was just a handful of names. Now, me having him on this podcast is a cheat code in a way because he's also my cousin, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Sholar. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you, man. Absolutely, thank you for coming on, man. Like, thank you, man. We we just gonna get right into it, man. I like to do this icebreaker to um. I said I wasn't going to give you too many. I was going to keep it light. But starting out, what are your favorite five songs that you've played guitar on and why it's each your favorite? Mm. Um, probably the first would be uh, No Church in a While because that would be the biggest and the most recognizable. Yeah, man. Um, it, it, it would be my favorite because, you know, the impact that it had on the world. And you can go in anywhere, um, any any and every country I've been to, I've heard it, you know, played. Sometimes I'm in the bagel shop and somebody's playing it going down the street or, and, and I can see the person in their car and they have no idea that. <laughs> that man. So, you know. Um, it's such a vital part to the song too, man. Yeah, 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 man. So um, that would be my first one. Um, uh, I guess number two would be, uh, I did a one of my first songs, I uh, worked with uh, Jess Blaze on this song uh, called You Got Me. It's for Mariah Carey on okay. the albums with Mariah and Jay-Z. And um, that one was meaningful because that was like the first time I heard myself on the radio after being in the studio for just, you know, like an hour. And then being in New York and hearing it on the radio and it was Mariah Carey. And it was early 2000, so that, you know, all of yeah. them, you know, the, the the ones that I will pick have meaning for me of what I was doing in my life. So it would be, that one would be number two. Okay. Um, I think number three would probably be really the whole album <laughs> from the uh, Tri-Club Quest, We Got It From Here. Yeah, man. Um, was that 2016, right? Yeah, 2016. Okay. So it's a lot of guitar. I mean, I'm on a whole album, so... I like uh, Disgeneration, Melatonin, Moving Back. I mean, there's so many ones. I mean, just that whole album, every one of the one records that I'm picking kind of sounded different. You can hear where I was at in my process, like playing. So, so that album, okay, on there. I think number four would be another earlier one. I, I did a record with with Just Blaze again for Snoop called uh, Lollipop. Okay, and I like I like that one because uh, it was just a uh, it was like the first thing that popped in my head when I heard the beat and it just worked and it just synced up. So I, okay. I like that. Um, 
probably I'm jotting the last... these down too. Yeah, I'm oh, okay, cool. so I can remember what to drop them in here at. Right. The last one is um, actually this record I produced for Mike Little and Neo is called Put in the Letter. Okay. And it was like Michael Jackson sample I used, but I was like replaying the guitars and the bass and stuff in there. So Word. I like I like that one. I think that's okay. how. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, okay. you got yes. The second one was a oh no, the third one was a whole album. I forgot you did because yeah, I yeah, remember going yeah. through. I did at the time. This is where the title first started, like dropping the credits on there, and right. I'm looking like, yo, he's he's done a lot on here, man. That's yeah, yeah, that was a big deal. That was a joint where they um rocked on Saturday Night Live, right? I think that when we did, yeah, yeah, that yeah, okay. See, I was doing yeah, Saturday Night Live with Q-Tip as well at different different times. But yeah, they did that on Saturday Night Live. Yep. Man, yeah. amazing, man. Amazing. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Q-Tip, and that, that brings me to my next question. What's the backstory? Just you graduating college and then right after, because it said immediately touring as Q-Tip's guitarist that same year. Yeah. What's, what's the backstory to that, man? I was in college and, um, you know, in New York, you go to, I was going to school for jazz and you go to like uh, jazz jam sessions and things like that. And Bilal was having these jam sessions and gigs and Robert Glass was playing the keys for him. And Q-Tip used to always go down to check out Bilal. So I was going down there to hang with the musicians and I would run into Q-Tip, yo, what's up? Pound, dab, checking out Robert Glassberg and Bilal. So I had seen him a couple of times, seen him around. And you know, obviously that's, that's the legend, that's the guy, that's, that's who we all grew up on. And uh, it was a drummer at my school named Jonathan Blake that Q-Tip was starting a band. He was like, yeah, I'm starting a band. And he liked this guy for drums. So what happened was it was, he got this guy and he got a bass player and it was like, yo, we having this jam session at our house and Tip gonna come by. And I kind of like invited yeah. him. I was like, yo, what up? <laughs> yo, I'm coming through. Cause the bass player is, you know, that was like my best friend. So I just kind of came through with him and I had my, my guitar, my axe with me. And he came through with uh, Weldon Irving who is a, you know, legend, pianist, to be young, gifted and black, all the most deaf samples. So much, so much sampled hip hop is from Weldon Irving, but they came together and we just played. We just all playing music and they just kind of sat and watched and chilled and was playing. As soon as we stopped, he was quiet the whole time. And he was like, so y'all want to go on tour? And that was oh. it. It was like, you know, he was in the band originally, he wanted to use Raphael Sadiq on guitar, but I think like some of the scheduling wasn't working out and I was just there. Opportunity, man. Talk about yeah. it. Yeah, I was just there and I was ready and I was like, yeah. So my last year of college was I was studying in school, but I would leave every day to go to Q-Tip's house, listen to records, work on records. So it was like having two schools at the same time. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get out of class because I was having a whole nother, like I was learning jazz there. But when I would go to Q-Tip's house, you know, I'd be listening to Led Zeppelin, all the Funkadelic stuff, all, like a lot of obscure records I never heard. And it really like uh, showed me how knowledgeable he was with music. Even though I was going to school with music, I was just listening to the stuff that I was studying, you know, like jazz yeah. and growing up in Detroit, we had a lot of music that we listened to, but I just listened to what I listened to. And so when I got around Q-Tip, every day was something new. We was listening to the police and we was watching these concerts and the, the, the guy's library of music um, was the first thing that struck me. So that's how that started. So it was like, I was 
just at his house every day, even if we just, I just was there. Man, I was Man. just there in the studio, just watching, watching him. We watched movies. We was going to movies together. We was going to eat together. We was going to somebody in town, Lenny Kravitz playing tonight. Like, Yo, let's go. We run it. This was, there. this was 01. Yep, this okay. 2001. Okay. Yep, 2001. Like the that whole. So had he already dropped um, Amplified at this Amplified time? Or? Okay. Right. Amplified okay. came out. And um, so I came in on the tail end of that. And um, he didn't really tour or do anything for that. Yeah. He wanted to start a band, you know? So, you know, just hanging out. I didn't ask him questions. He just said, come through and I was there every day. And next thing you know, it, it just kept moving into, you know, uh, a relationship. It was like a learning for me. It was just, I was just a sponge. I soaked up everything. He let me come, I came. Man, so, that's amazing, man. You mentioned uh, Blaze earlier, you mentioned just Blaze. Um, yeah. You said it was a Mariah record, I believe. And then also the joint with Snoop. Now, how did that relationship come about? Cause from my understanding, that was like, besides Q-Tip, just Blaze was the one where it further opened the door for connecting with other artists. Like, what was how did that relationship become established? Well, the Just Blaze thing, I met Just Blaze kind of first, a little bit right before that. Um, I had a homeboy. It's, it's always a friend. You know, yeah. it's always a special friend. I had a homeboy that was up at Baseline, producer um, named Mo Stewart. And um, he was like, yo, let's go through Baseline. I'm about to run up there. So I came up there with him. Just Blaze was in the studio. He was finishing uh, Cameron's album, Come Home With Me. And uh, so I'm sitting there listening to him mix that album. And he was doing that, you know, that beat. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, uh, the rock. The rock. I'm sitting there watching him do that before it dropped. And I was just saying, oh, I had, I had never seen somebody close to my age producing, running the whole studio by itself and doing stuff like that. So... Um, how I how I linked with him was that same day they was playing something. He needed bass on something. I really played guitar, but I could kind of mess around with bass yeah. too. But I, you know, I play it, and he was like, "Okay, cool." So I just jumped on and played something. And he was like, "Okay, cool." So what I used to do for just you know they used a lot of samples back then. What I would do was um, sometimes he would tell me he'll play a record and say. Here's a sample. I want you to play something like this with the feel of this, but flip it up so we okay. don't have to hear it. And I was really good at that. Like that was one of my strengths. That's like that was my real strength. So me and Just fit great because he could just play something, and I always I knew how to catch it immediately, and flip it and give you the same energy, the same thing, but different notes, so we didn't have to clear it because all he did was yeah. look at them Just Blaze. It's like three, four samples. And a lot of those records. So, you know, the Blueprint had came out and that was just this time where he owned New York radio. Like, Just Blaze was, I mean, that literally that's how I met Kanye. The first time I met Kanye was, I was in the session playing for Justin. Kanye okay. used to rap and even when he was doing the writer stuff, Kanye was in the other room working on records for He crazy. was there for all of this. This is crazy. Yeah, like <laughs> I literally have memories of being in there with just, you know, because I was just a quiet guy with the guitar and Kanye coming in and rapping Word. like, what you think about this? How you, how you think this sound? I'm like, watching him, not saying nothing, but watching him. Just like, oh, you know, that's cool. Maybe you should say it like this. And he's like, okay, okay. 
And uh, fast forward to years later, when he was doing, when he was uh, working on Watch the Throne, and you know, he was in the studio. He was literally the same guy, because I remember being in the Watch the Throne sessions, and you know, we ordered food. Somebody came and delivered a pizza, and Ye, who was already big, Kanye rapped the verse for the pizza guy. I was like, Yo, <laughs> wow. yo, man, listen to this. Tell me what you think. Rapped the verse, and um. We, he was working on Otis that night, he's master of Otis, and he rapped a verse for the pizza guy, the guy that came by. So the guy was like, yeah, 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 that's cool. He was like, no, no, what you really think? And you know, it's Kanye, yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah, oh man, sound good. He's like, no, no, but how do you, how you think it, it did it did it feel? He's like, no, I get it, you made Jesus watch, you never going to hell, it's, that's tight, that's a tight bar. Like, <laughs> like, the thing about him, he really want to know what you think, yeah. not just, yes, not just, oh yeah, it sound good, so. Uh, you know, I was I was very fortunate to see before Kanye, and it was the same guy. Like the the love of just rapping was always was always there. You know, so I was I was blessed to be able to see that and remember that. Yo, know? man, that's I'm just when you mentioned like just being there he, as my Blaze Master and the, the Rock joint. I'm just like, yo, I'm in high school during this time. We just. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we just we looking in the magazine, like, oh yo, this album coming out. Meanwhile, you're there, like in the thick yeah, of it, man. That's that the perspective. Is crazy. So he was doing that old boy with Dipset, and um, I seen him do so many of those uh, uh, records. We built this city on rock and roll. Like I was just, I was just, just there. And then I worked with him on uh, Freeway, uh, Freeway's record. Uh, we did a record called We Get Around with Snoop and Freeway. I'm on a couple of those Freeway, Philadelphia Freeway joints. And that's what I was at the time. I was just, just Blazers. Oh, now I got to go back because I know exactly what record you're talking about. Yo, man, that's crazy. (laughs) That that was another one of those early ones during that period. So, you know, it was just, Jess would put on a beat and I would just come up, come up with something and, you know, just, just just let me do my thing. Like, never, never said anything. Just let me do my thing. You know, and um, yeah, man, that was a that was a great that was a great time in my life because uh, while working with Just, you at Baseline and anybody could be coming through there. You would see all of the rappers from the Rock. One hundred percent. The first time I met Jay Z, he just walked in. He didn't say nothing. He walked in, and I'm got my guitar and with Just by the board, and he it's a couch behind us. So he walked in and sat at the couch and just started mumbling stuff to what we was working on. So I'm trying not to trip. I'm trying not to look at him and pay attention, but I'm hearing him rap, mumble and rap words. And so that story checks out. He really how, does that. I always hear this story about, yeah, that's crazy, man. He, he just started talking and mumbling stuff, looking off, look, looking, looking. And he was like, I like I like the energy there. I like when it's going. Like, y- y'all finish with that? Hur- hur- hurry up, finish. Because, you know, just, just takes his time. Just yeah. he's a science technician. And I was just like, man, I, I can't believe I'm watching this guy put together words over something I did. It was just a it was just an incredible, incredible time, man. So yeah. you may mention of how um, you know, how we said just blaze during that time was sample heavy. And yeah. um, you know, you would replay a lot of things, but put your own spin to it. And we know with sync licensing, a lot of it requires no sampling, unless you clearly own a sample or whatever. Um and you were the first, like when, when Black Beethoven presented it to me early in, in the early 2000s about how um, 
yo, you need to get in the sing lights and make sure you stop rapping over them samples. Like, if you rap over samples, but you should let me replay some stuff and we pitch it for sing lights. Because Chris, man, he got a Reebok commercial and everything. I'm like, Reebok commercial? What you mean? Listen, man, they ain't taking samples. Like, you doing all that? That's dope. But you need to do some stuff. And that's how that started with me and him getting more into the swing of things with because of you. You know, we saw the Reebok. I'm like, oh, he really like he said it. And I'm like, I know he's not gassing me. But when I saw the commercial, I'm like, he like, that's it. That's the commercial right there. And yeah. that just kind of you don't even know indirectly. You open up that oh, that but- idea just for us to even me to even be like, yo, I want to do that. And here I am today. You know, that's one of the you know oh, what I'm saying. So how did that start? with you even getting like your first sync placement? Um, uh, Jay-Z's cousin uh, named B-Hot. Okay. He used to take, he had got into, back then, early 2000s, they had, uh, ringtones was hot. And they had started doing like your own personalized ringtones. So I was giving beats to him. He was like kind of my manager, shopping beats around. And he hooked up with uh, telephone companies, T-Mobile and all that stuff. So Okay. I started doing my own beats and they were like the initial ringtones, you know, and uh, I made a lot of money doing, doing ringtones. And then they got into like where the, the rappers would do their own personalized. They'd be like, yo, this is Lil John," And, you know, th- that came after that. But at first it was just your own personalized music. So I was, I sold a gang of stuff to T-Mobile and I was just, you know, I was making a, a lot of money doing that, but he was a visionary. I just, had the skill set. So after that, I met another guy named Mike Gennato, who was already in one of those uh, housing, one of those publishing housing companies. And it was the same thing. I could play stuff. He could, we could play records. Man, I want to do something like this because he heard all the stuff I did with Just. And he was doing beats and he was like, man, can you give me something like this? But flip it. Yeah. Cool. So he would just give me a piece of a beat. We worked great together and then I just started making relationships with those guys in the, the houses because it was like oh man this guy's actually on the records <laughs> like yeah wow. let me just play guitar so it was it was always all of the stories that I'm telling you were always relationships yeah it was your skill set you got to get in there and know what you're doing know how to do it but um, it's really about who you know yeah, it was relationships and really your, your personality, how you are when you get in the room, how fast you can work, how clean the stuff is, you know, how on point it is, you know, when it's when it's time to work. Yeah. Tuesday at 8 o'clock is Tuesday at 8 o'clock. That's got to be turned in because, you know, the sync world is like. Oh, they be on it. Yeah. And then they have you do all these revisions sometimes, yeah. you know. You know, and you got to be. They don't want the whole song. We just need the hook and then maybe a portion of that first verse. Yeah. 30 seconds and then they might even rearrange it again. So that all of these different working with different people were just showing me how to work in different settings. You know, one day I'm working with Q-Tip. Next time I'm working with Just Blaze. Then I'm doing some syncing. Then I'm doing something that's going to be on a commercial or a movie score in the background, which the guitar is not in the front but it's somewhat in the back and it needs to be more melodic. And then sometimes it needs to be right in the front. It needs to be right like no church. It needs to be driving. So it just taught me how to be able to adapt to different situations using the guitar. Like sometimes you're not supposed to pay attention to it. And sometimes you are. So during that period, when something would come up, I was just taking it and learning it on the fly. You know, mm. I didn't have this great idea like, oh, I wanted to do this. I was just kind of following life and very, um, 
I was just, uh, your character, who you are as a person really comes out in those things. How you answer people in the emails and when you're talking to the same people, like all of that stuff mattered outside of how good you were. Mm -hmm. It goes yeah. beyond talent, man. That's heavy, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. That's funny that you said that about like them reaching out, just needing certain versions of it. Cause I, I, I hate when they ask for like the stems <laughs> and exactly. you get all the stems. And they just not, they don't even end up using it. It's like, y'all have to send all that. They do six revisions. Sometimes what's funny is a lot of times I'll say, I'll turn the first thing in and they'll be like, oh man, can you put some strings on this? Can you add this? We want it to be a oh, bigger account like this record. And it'll end up being the first thing I turned in. What a, what yeah, it's like they'll never use it. I never understood that. You know, they have producers there. They're not really hip hop producers. And they'll take your stems and try to, emphasize or you know sometimes it could get a little little a little weird but you know it's i'm just i'm just grateful to be working in different scenarios man it's that's different. heavy man that's heavy you may mention of uh no church in a while and, and the guitar on it um you want a grammy for that man yeah so, and, and like i'm just explain to me because what changed for you career-wise after this and like how did that impact your mindset winning a grammy for that well, the price went up. Nah, <laughs> so, I imagine so. <laughs> what, what Fat Joe say? Yesterday's price is right, not today's price. price. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, in that sense, you know, the, the price went up. Everybody knew it. You got to capitalize on that moment. Yeah. But as far as the work ethic, that didn't change anything with the mindset because my mindset was already there. And you like, that just happened to be one of the ones that made it big, but I have been working on so many records. Like I've worked on so many records with these guys that never came out. Some records that I thought, man, this might be better, you know, that never saw the light of day for whatever reason, you know, maybe they'll still come out. But um, as far as executing what you're trying to do musically, that that part didn't change. If, if anything, it made you go harder. Yeah. Made you be more precise. But, um, you know, records, they have a, a moment and as soon as they have a moment, you got to start hitting up all of the companies and get at, get what you can while that wave is happening, you know, yeah. while that momentum is going. And that's that's one thing it taught me moment because the momentum is not forever on that record. You know, even though that happens to be a classic record, that yeah, one, it is. but you know, that always will give me the door. Hey, I did something with Church in a while. They'd be like, oh, okay, cool. You know, did you know, like when when you did the guitar on that, did you know, like, yeah, this is it. This is going to be one of the ones. It was already a sample. I mean, uh, uh, 88 Keys had already did pretty much most of the record and it was uh -huh. a sample. And Kanye had came to one of our shows. I was playing with Q-Tip at Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. We did a show. Kanye came to the show, got on the show with us and we was hanging out. And he was like, man, I got this record. It's there but it just need something else so in the sample the guitar thing was already there somewhere okay. in the sample it was a sample of like the what do you call it the the skeleton was there okay i jumped on top of it made it me and made it you know yeah it's funky man but if you want to the, the genius behind it is really 88 keys like you can't take away the guy produced it and heard it then q-tip added more drums on there if you look on the credits, it's like a hundred names on there, you know, Q-Tip and Blair, Blair Wells added more drums and kind of EQ some things. And that's how I got in on the record. I got asked to do the record because he came to the show that right. I was playing with Q-Tip and he was like, 
just need something. He's you know, the guy. right place at the right time. It wasn't, you know, there again, you know, just capitalizing on the moment when it was there. And uh, yeah, it turned out to be one Amazing, of the Amazing, man. Yeah. And we, we talked about it earlier um, as far as just when um, we got it from here. Thank you for your service when this drop was, was like 20. Yeah, it was definitely 2016 because I remember when that election happened. And um, but you had a you had a one to two year run just with that album and one of my favorite albums. Solange is a seat at the table. Yeah, we know you did the book on the, of the guitar on, on um, we got it from here. But man, I, I didn't look what because I need to hear it from you. What records were you on on the Solange album? I'm on this song called, I can't remember, I think two of them, but uh, Borderline, it's a song called Borderline. Uh-huh. With her and Tip singing on there. And I just gotta say, just being in the studio with Solange, man, Solange is one of the coolest people you'll ever meet, man. So down to earth and such a cool, chill vibe. And working on them records felt just like being with somebody in your family and vibing. It, it, that didn't feel like work, but um, I, I can't think of the other song on there. Um, but definitely is one called Borderline that's on there. I just remember the session. Same with the Tribe thing. Like I, I can't even think of all of the names of the songs. I just remember what it was like every day going into the studio. Look up. Oh, the Beastie Boys is here. Oh, they go LL coming here. Like he, everybody was coming through. Busters, Busters there. Queen Latifah is there. Swiss is there. That was a loaded album. Yeah, and uh, every. A lot of stuff that people didn't hear that didn't come out because people were vibing. So I'm in all, I'm watching everybody create. Just for me, that was the most important album for me because I got to see all the legends in their process, how they create. Everybody yeah. create different. So, you know, when you're working with a big artist, you're trying to trying to get a feel for how they, you know, how they create. When you're in the studio with D'Angelo, D'Angelo's cutting his vocals and He's in the room by himself. He don't really, you're not really in there. He don't like somebody looking at him. You know, um, but Salon just chilling like right in the front, just with the mic open, everybody around. She chilling and doing her part. That's everybody, everybody got a different uh process of even how they do their rhymes and stuff, how they sing, you know. And so um that's what I really loved most about that album because it was like the greatest of all time you know, hip hop artists and you, you're watching them create, you're watching them hear music and vibe. Like, you know how they always say, man, if I could be a fly on the wall and yeah. just how it goes down, like I was there, but I was the guy quiet. I wouldn't say nothing. I was just, just sitting soaking there. it in. Yeah. You know, every day they didn't need me on guitar, but I'm just there, just there watching. And, you know, and then it was, it was tough because we lost Fife. Right. But, being there with him and seeing the group really get back together, get back on the A game and work on music together was something I'll cherish the rest of my life, man. 100%, man. Absolutely. You you made a mention of D'Angelo. Um, what records? Because I saw that and I was like, I just asked him. I ain't going to jot it down yet, but I got to know like what D'Angelo records. Uh, it's another Q-tip thing. We did a song called I Believe. It's on the Kamal the Abstract uh, thing. I, be um, I believe that one's on. And uh, so it was me, him, and uh, Raphael Sadiq. Okay. Yep. Um, and, you know, another one, they just come through, vibe, just chill. 
beautiful guy, stone genius, sit at the piano and play. But when he's recording his vocals, he's in there by himself. But you're in the other room hearing him do his vocals, and you're like, oh, that's how he, oh, man, that's crazy. Man, that's, that's, because the resume is like crazy. I can't ask him about everything. I'm going to leave it to the listeners to go do their due diligence and research, because the list is like, (laughs) this will be a three-hour show, like just going through that list, man. But that's... I was yeah. like, look at this, man. Like, I always, it's like I was saying earlier, I always, um, you know, me and my brother, we always talking like, yeah, you know, Chris was working with Suza. He had mentioned Kanye. He had mentioned, like, Q-Tip and everything. And obviously, I got the information just by me doing research about No Church in a while. But then I was like, I knew you did the commercials. And I was like, but I said, let me really go see, like, who he works. And I will always go just revisit the bio, like, and then it'd be more added, like, wait when did he work with mariah carey neo like when did this happen like and then then, you know you just time goes on you just forget certain down no let me go back and look then i was like just blaze like so seeing just blaze it was dope in itself like yo that's he was that was how he you know one of his ways into the game but then hearing you tell the story it was like it just added that meat to it like yeah what (laughs) like you was there doing when rockefeller was at their peak like wow man that's amazing and a lot of the other stuff came from obviously being, uh, being being around Q-Tip. Like that's how the Whitney Houston and stuff came. He was a lot of times he'll be producing the artist, and then I'll come in and and play. You know, I saw Whitney and and, and it's me and Raphael Sadiq on the song called Fine, and that was like the first time I was still in school, and that was the first time I like went in and worked for like, I recorded all of ten minutes, and it was like ten thousand. <laughs> to that guy so that was the first time I looked at my check and was like okay I think I want to do this because you know I was going to school to study jazz yeah. and jazz kind of helps you to be proficient on your instrument so that's why I liked studying jazz because they helped you be able to when you study studying jazz you can go to hip-hop and it's the same you know it's, it's the same roots you know Q-Tip he's the one that sampled all these jazz records but it gives you the technical ability to play anything you hear as soon as you hear it well, so okay. I had chops and I would go hang out with the hip hop guys at night and I, you know, I could just play all of this stuff. So, um, you know, I was just, I was just really fortunate and blessed to be at the right place at the right time to meet some of these, some of these guys and, you know, still have the right attitude and to still learn and still soak up year after year, thing after thing, whether it's R&B, whether it's hip hop, uh, sings to just, constantly learn, constantly learning and getting better at my my craft you know yeah because knowing knowing all that you did it threw me for a loop i remember this was like maybe 2009 probably yeah it had to be 2009 because i the album came out in 2010 but i did my first album and i remember you decided to shot me beats to the email i'm like wait you produce like this like, like yeah you know i'm just trying some stuff out man i'm like trying some stuff out <laughs> Talk about, <laughs> talk about beats, man. Our family, I mean, you know, I, I just bring this up, man. We all we come from a musical family, man. And it's uh, insane. <laughs> just just our family, man. You know, Black Mill and listening to them drums. And I, he, I think he's different, man. Another, yeah, he's a he's an alien. He's another. I think we've all fed off each other, uh, to, inspired each other in our family. You know, I think that, you know, you, you say that about me, but I'm looking at my brother Calvin and I'm yeah, looking at it's no, nobody who composes sounds the same. Like you got your yeah. style. 
Kelvin <laughs> definitely has his style, and I'm definitely get him on. He has to come on. Yeah. Um, you know, like we said, Black he has his style. Beethoven definitely has. You know what I'm saying? It's just a completely different sound. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Like, and then our, our parents was in a singing group together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we, that's what we come from. Like we we are the next generation of that. Inevitable. Um, so. Um, you know, we we inspire each other. We push each other. You know, every time I see something that uh, Black Beethoven is doing, you know, I text him. Like, we are each other's biggest cheerleaders. You know, we like the the, the family. We we always had that, even when we don't see each other that much. Like, we always felt love and support from family, which I think is important. Yeah, one hundred percent. I gotta get Kevin on, and I gotta tell him about the time. Like, I remember my brother uh, Zoe when he took me to the studio. We were downtown. At this time, I was like, I think I was still in, no, I was fresh out of high school and it didn't really just, it didn't soak in until recently. I'm like, wait a minute. We was in the studio, like chopping it up for like an hour or so with Carl Craig and Kevin at the time. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, I didn't really know much about Carl Craig. It took like maybe 07, 08. And I'm just going to like, wait a minute. That's the duty. Like, man, don't you know, like Detroit, like techno artists. I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, was. <laughs> yeah man, Kelvin's always been like that, man. You know, this guy, he was going to other countries and hanging out with the mayors and people like of all over the world. Like he was, he was, a, him and Uncle Kenny was the first ones that was like traveling, doing music. So that was always there in our family. Yeah. You know, like Uncle Kenny was sent home. He would be in Japan and send me, I remember he sent me like this uh, silk robe with a dragon on the back. Like, yeah. And Man. sending pictures back from different places. So, you know, we kind of had an idea of what it could be because of we saw it. Yeah. So it's important to, to see something and you'd be like, man, I could do that. I think about that a lot. Like all the stuff I just soak in over time from a kid and even till now, like what I saw and like soaked in and didn't even realize how much of an effect it have on me later as far as music. I didn't I didn't find out until my mom's funeral in 09 that like you said, they were I knew always they had a group, the Angelettes or whatever. But I didn't know they had a 45 out. <laughs> like, yo, yo. My mom still have it. My mom got the record. I think I just said, I said, uh, emailed yes. it. I forgot who played it. Somebody played it. I heard a voice. Then somebody yeah, played it. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm listening. Like, yo, that's my mom. Like, I reckon uh, it was crazy, man. I'm like, I didn't know they had a vinyl. All their names is on the record. Yeah. Everything. I just said, like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, man, that's ill, man. My dad told me about the sessions, and I asked him all the time, you know, like, man. They used to get together and sing together. So we are an extension of that, man. Literally. So I'm I'm excited to see. I, I'd love to see like what the younger generation would do with this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like they got it. You know what I'm saying? It's inevitable. It's, it's, yeah. it's got to. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. That's amazing, man. Idea. I got to get Kevin on next, man. What What's your plans for like this coming year, man? Like what's, what's on tap? Yeah. Okay. So I'm starting to shift over. Now, and, you know, with everything that's been happening with the pandemic in the world, you know, I've been paying attention a lot to mental health. Uh -huh. and that, so I'm starting to really get into meditation music. I knew it. That. I knew it. <laughs> I knew <laughs> it. Starting to shift <laughs> over into doing like, you know, um, affirmations with like hip hop type loops and beats and vibes, which you know, it's like if you listen to a dilettate, it, it really is like a meditation. Mm -hmm. It gives you a feeling. And uh, so I'm starting to do more of that now. And, um, man, I 
That's Love the way. I got like three albums like that saved on Apple Music that I listen to. I listen, I listen to it. Ali, I listen to it when I pray. I listen to it when I meditate. Sometimes when I work out. Sometimes when I'm driving. Like, so yeah. that's that's the way I even thought about like, what if I like went under a different alias and learned how to do this myself? Because yeah. <laughs> it, it don't seem like it's difficult, but I'm like, what if? And I was in the back of my mind, I'd be wondering like, yo, I wonder how well do these things stream? Like, how well, you know what I'm saying? They do pretty good. I mean, this this year I had started um, working on some, doing some affirmations and putting sounds in. And then I got to working with um, a jazz artist uh, Esperanza Spalding and was telling her about, oh, yeah, I'm doing the hip um, like affirmations with beats. Yeah. She's a professor at Harvard. She loved what I did so much. She was like, hey, why don't you come <laughs> to my class and be what they call a council members like, you know, you there at Harvard teaching and getting checks from Harvard. So I did that this whole year, working at Harvard, kind of developing, tweaking my craft with it, uh, helping out the students with their music because it was a, it's a class called uh, Songwriters Apothecary. Um, and the, the, the students were like writing music for people that were depressed or writing music for people that was going through the pandemic and needed, you know, um, the, the healthcare workers, like they were writing mm. music for different things. And sometimes it'll just be a meditative space. Sometimes it wasn't stuff that was so much in your face. Sometimes it could be a vibe. But meditation music doesn't just have to be like this one thing. We really experience it when we listen to even it's, in hip hop. Frequencies, we, man. Like, frequency. uh, what's the one record uh, Kanye got on a Donda album? Um, him and uh, Fabio Foreign uh, off the, the grid. Yeah. Man, it's yeah. something about that baseline. Like, yo, it's that frequency, yeah. man. Yeah, so I'm really trying to get into that. And as I said, you know, the th that's the sound and then your personal affirmation on top. You know, you kind of speaking to yourself, your self-talk to get you through some of these moments. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued by it. Uh, I use it, I've worked on it myself for a year and it kind of changed my life. So that's kind of where I'm shifting. You know, I'm always going to be do, uh, <clears throat> working with artists and doing something, but I think uh, I want to make my next statement in this area, you know? So uh, for, for, for 2022, you know, I'm doing this thing called Sonic Affirmations, which is, you know, uh, beats with affirmations on top, your own personal affirmations. Yeah. So like you could, you could send me your affirmation, your voice, and I'll put the the loop behind wow. it. And you know, so that's that's kind of what I'm getting into for um, this upcoming year. That's gonna be dope, man. Yeah, man. I like where that's going, man. That's gonna be yeah. fire, man. Listen, man, I appreciate you for just taking the time just to even just jump on here. Cause like I said, I I, I knew your work, but I, I don't know the story. You know what I'm saying? So and then you like I said, we always cheerleading each other on, man. This is this is definitely dope. I want you to let people know the website first, but then where they can find you on social media because the website is a big deal. That's right. why I want you, where can they find you at? My website is uh, chrisscholler.com, www.chrisscholler.com. Um, I'm on Instagram at chrisscholler. I have like a YouTube. I'm going to get some better about, I had like this love-hate relationship with posting everything that I did, but uh, this upcoming year, I'm going to get better at it because like I said, I'm getting to the, uh, affirmation thing so i'm gonna do better with keeping up but you know uh, you can find me on instagram you can find me on youtube you know i have a twitter that i need to breathe more life into <laughs> <laughs> keep up with all of these uh things and uh so but everything is, is just chris Scholler, you know at right. chris Scholler. 
So. Yeah, because I was definitely gonna tag you on Twitter because I I'm, I want to campaign for you to get on Quest Love Supreme, man. Because I I like oh, where they that's this gonna is, be so man. They gotta get you on there, man, for sure. Man, I, love like, that. I, love, I love those guys, man. I love those guys. Yeah. Yeah, man. This was so dope, man. I'm excited to hear this back, man. Because I see I was I was sitting back just being a student, just listening, man. I know everybody gonna be excited for this. And, and Kevin, I know you're gonna be listening, man. You next, man. We gotta get you on yeah. here. Thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate you so much, man. Man, 100%.